Heritage Foundation. I'm Michelle Cordero, and this is Heritage Explains. One of the president's most profound and lasting legacies is his appointment of federal judges. And President Trump and Senate Republicans have been hard at work. A growing economy, a huge stock market rally, ISIS beaten on the ground, rocket man confronted. These are all Trump successes. Add one more. Big changes in the judiciary. For conservatives, this may be the most far-reaching of all the president's initiatives. His breakneck success on getting judges confirmed to the federal bench has many on the right cheering and many on the left sounding the alarm. Another day, another judicial nominee getting Senate approval. Well, you you know what my top priority is. I've made it very clear. It's the uh, judiciary, the two Supreme Court appointments, the 29 circuit judges, the 84 overall number of judges. And we're not through doing those this year. President Trump has made almost 40 percent more nominations to life tenured positions than the average for his five predecessors of both parties, despite Democrat obstruction. Today, we'll explain how the midterm election victory in the Senate gives Republicans an opportunity to confirm more judges even faster and what that could mean for the future of the country. Thomas Chipping is deputy director of Heritage's Mies Center for Legal and Judicial Studies. So, Tom, Republicans held the Senate. What does that mean for the Supreme Court? Well, we don't know for sure when a vacancy is going to happen on the Supreme Court. Judges, federal judges serve for as long as they choose to. So it's not like they have a schedule or anything. But, um, you know, uh, Justice Ginsburg is 85. Uh, Justice Breyer is about 80. Um you know, do the math. It's possible that there may be another vacancy on the Supreme Court uh, just in the next couple of years. And that'll make a big difference as to who the president and the Senate are. Jipping spent 15 years on the staff of Senator Orrin Hatch, including several as his chief counsel on the Senate Judiciary Committee. Jipping has developed a national reputation among both liberals and conservatives as a true expert in the federal judiciary. Tom, what about the lower courts? Well, we are in the longest period of triple-digit vacancies in the lower courts in over 25 years. It has been, in fact, there are more vacancies today than when President Trump took office. Uh, even though he has a Republican Senate, um, it's, it is a huge problem on the lower federal courts that there's at least 120 vacancies on the district court where the trials are and on the appeals courts. Uh, The Supreme Court gets a lot of the attention, but boy, those lower courts are really struggling. And that's where the decisions really are made. Oh, sure. Uh, The the Supreme Court gets probably eight or 9,000 appeals every year, but they only handle about 80 cases, literally, you know, uh, less than 1% of the appeals that they get. The vast majority of the tens of thousands of cases in the federal court system are handled by those lower court judges. And by 2020, the number of vacancies is expected to grow, correct? Well, we already know of at least a couple dozen uh, vacancies that are certain to open up uh, in the next few months. On the average, probably 40 to 50 uh, judicial positions open up every year 
just because judges choose to retire or they pass away or they're appointed to some other position. So, yeah, you can expect another 100, 150 vacancies to open up uh, just in the next few years. And just like Supreme Court nominations, judicial nominations are for life. And so if Trump was to appoint younger judges, this is a really significant impact. Well, it's it's huge because, you know, the president serves for four years, Congress two, the Senate six. Judges don't have a set term. And federal judges serve on the average 20 to 25 years. And that's long after the president who appointed them is out of office. So... Um, if, if the president is able to fill uh, even most of those current vacancies, uh, you could have a transformation of the federal judiciary for the next 25 years. We all became very familiar with the confirmation of Neil Gorsuch and Brett Kavanaugh to the Supreme Court. But what does the process of appointing a lower court judge look like? Well, generically, it's the same process. The president makes a nomination and he can choose... Technically, he can choose anybody he wants. A lot of times he will consult with, uh, let's say, if if you're nominated to serve on the U.S. District Court in Virginia, well, the president might consult with the senators from Virginia to, to try to agree on a nominee. But once the president makes the nomination, that nomination goes to the Judiciary Committee and it will hold a hearing on that nomination, vote on that nomination, and then the full Senate uh, will have the opportunity to act. So the process is the same. It doesn't get as much visibility as a Supreme Court nomination, obviously. Uh, but these days, you know, Democrats are are just as aggressively opposed to President Trump's lower court nominees as they have been to his Supreme Court nominees. And that's something that's really very new. Most lower court nominations by either party's president uh, have generally gotten bipartisan support, but that's really changing. And have they been holding up President Trump's nominees? The Democrats have been using a, a series of strategies which aren't very visible, but they are very effective. There's different steps in the process once a nomination comes to the Senate, and each of those steps can be done in, a, in an efficient way or in a very cumbersome and time-consuming way. And Democrats are making sure that the most cumbersome, time-consuming methods are being used at every step. So you have nominees with no opposition that might take weeks and weeks to confirm. You might have nominees that, you know, 10 years ago might have taken a day, now take a month. Um, and you combine all of that together with all of the other business that the Senate has to do, uh, and it's going to be a much slower process. The president has made about 40% more nominations than the average for his previous five predecessors. And yet the Senate is only about even in terms of confirming judges. You'd think with a Senate of his own party, charging full speed, making nominations, that there'd be more progress. Um, but that's the effectiveness of those obstruction techniques. In fact, according to Jipping's Judicial Appointment Tracker, which we'll link to in our show notes, Democrats have forced double votes on 55% of Trump's judicial nominees so far. That's compared to just 5% of President Barack Obama's nominees at this point. We'll be right back after a short break. 
Do conversations about the Supreme Court leave you scratching your head? Then subscribe to SCOTUS 101, a podcast breaking down the cases, personalities, and gossip at the Supreme Court. So, Tom, is there anything about the uptick in numbers in the Senate since the election that would make anything easier moving forward? Well, one thing that um, I hope is going to happen, even with a couple more Republicans in the Senate, the ratio on the Judiciary Committee is going to change. Right now, the Judiciary Committee has 11 Republicans and 10 Democrats. You can imagine how difficult it is, especially when you have to have a certain number of senators present in order to do business. Uh, that that gives the chairman, Chuck Grassley of Iowa, fits, you know. So if that even changes by one, um, that will provide uh, some a little bit of a buffer, a little more flexibility to be able to get more business done. And, of course, every additional Republican on the Senate floor um, makes it uh, more and more confident that they'll be able to confirm President Trump's judges. Typically, how many appointments are actually confirmed in a presidency? I'd say over the last 30 years or so, the average is about uh, 45 judges per year. Now, that varies quite a bit. As you can imagine, when you have a brand new president, like President Trump took over for a president of the other party, which means the whole administration gets cleaned out. They got to put together a process for choosing judges from scratch. Back when President, the first President Bush took over for President Reagan, that process was already established and he could just continue what had been going. So a new president's first year, especially when you switch parties like that, can be quite a bit lower. Uh, for example, last year, the Senate confirmed 19 judges and this year so far, they've con- confirmed 65 Uh, And hopefully they'll confirm another couple of dozen at least. So things do vary quite a bit from year to year. But on the average, it's about 45 to 50 judges per year. Uh, Now, you know, back when I'm old enough to remember President Jimmy Carter back in the late 70s, well, Congress had just created 150 new judicial positions in one term, four years. He was able to appoint almost 280 judges. So um, it, it can be a huge impact. Uh, and um, obviously, we, we don't have that many vacancies today, but President Trump has a great opportunity to really change the judiciary. And since Carter Clinton is the next president to have confirmed the most, correct? That's correct. Uh, president uh, Clinton appointed uh, 370, or uh, President Reagan appointed 377, President Clinton about 372. Um, but the process has gotten slower and slower and slower over the years. Um, just like President Trump, President Reagan had a Senate of his own party, but had a much easier time uh, getting his judges through than President Trump does today. Tom, you have a new tool that will make it easier for people to track these appointments. Tell me about that. Well, you know, people's eyes can glaze over when you start talking about statistics. I think... Um, Mark Twain supposedly said that, you know, there were a lot different kinds of lies, one of which was statistics. But the fact is, in order to keep track of this process, you have to have good information. You have to know how many nominations the president's making. You have to know how many judges the Senate is confirming. And you have to know whether those numbers are good or bad. And so we, the Heritage Foundation has created what we're calling the Judicial Appointment Tracker 
which will provide both current and comparative information. Current for President Trump, comparative for the previous five presidents for each of six different steps in the process. And those steps, that would include the number of vacancies, the number of nominations, uh, the number of nominees who get hearings, the number of nominees who are being confirmed, uh, and then the number of two different kinds of votes that the Senate takes so that um, you can you can not only know what's going on today throughout the whole process, but you can compare it uh, in, in and we use um, percentages where we need to so that you can compare one president to the other. You know, you know, it, uh, folks in Washington are, are good at comparing apples and oranges or apples and rocks if they need to, uh, knowing that people probably won't know exactly the statistical game that they're playing. So we're, we're, we're going to try to overcome that by providing uh, reliable, fair uh, data about this process. And we're going to be able to update it instantly whenever anything changes in those six categories. So the day that we're talking uh, today, for example, the Judiciary Committee is holding another hearing for more judicial nominees. Well, that part of the judicial appointment tracker immediately gets updated. So uh, it'll be a way for our fellow citizens, the media, people in the Senate. Um, I've, I've been working on judicial nominations for 30 years, both in government. I was in the Senate Judiciary Committee for staff for 15 years and out here. And I, and I got a good sense for the kinds of information that most people were interested in, and that's what we've included in our judicial appointment tracker. Thank you so much, Tom. Thanks for having me. And that's it for this episode of Heritage Explains. We're going to take a short break for the Thanksgiving holiday next week, but we'll be back with a brand new episode the following week. Conservatives really need your help when it comes to the success of podcasts. Please subscribe on iTunes and leave us a comment. It really does help.